May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This week we heard in the news from the 2021 census that Christians in the UK are now a minority for the first time in 1500 years. The percentage of people identifying as Christians in 2001 stood at 71%. This fell to 59% in 2011, and the figure now stands at 46.2%, or 27.5 million people. There has also been a significant rise in people identifying as of no particular faith. How might we respond to this news? This week, the Bishop of Oxford, Stephen Croft, offered his thoughts on this. That we might respond with resignation and helplessness. So what else is new? Less and less people come to church and less and less confess their faith in God. We might respond by making excuses. If only the Church of England was more inclusive, spiritual, scriptural, traditional, charismatic, insert what you will. Or we might blame the culture, blame those outside the church for their consumerism and their selfishness. But rather, Bishop Stephen encourages us to see this as a challenge and to rise to it. Evangelism, he suggests, needs to return to centre stage. We need to tell people the good news, otherwise how will they hear it? Evangelism can be a word that frightens us. We don't want to stand on the street waving our Bible at people and shouting, repent, or at least I presume most of us don't. Even though, ironically, this morning, that is pretty much exactly what John the Baptist did. Even so, for many today, I do not think that provides a very good basis for sharing the good news of Jesus. This good news is a message of God's great love for the world, his love for each of us. Frightening people into believing with a message of turn or burn might have worked once upon a time, but I don't believe it works very well today in our culture. Nonetheless, we do have a message to repent, to preach here. This is clear from John this morning and also from Jesus just a chapter later in Matthew. But this call to repent is not about people feeling ashamed or about throwing dirt on ourselves and tearing our clothes at our own sinfulness before God. Repentance is about more than just reflecting on our sinfulness, about more than coming to God and saying sorry and asking for his forgiveness. Actually, repentance is much more challenging and also much more liberating. It's about a complete change of heart, change of mind, change of direction. It's about taking a clear-minded look at the ways in which we're colluding with the structural sins in society, systems of injustice, violence, negativity, exploitation, and then turning away from this. For example, as we reflect on our sins of greed and apathy around the issue of climate justice, we are called not just to come mournfully to God's doorway and ask for forgiveness. 
Rather, we are called to reflect on our behaviour and to make a change. We are beginning in our church a journey towards becoming an eco-church. And as part of that, we have to examine so many different areas of our church life and our lives as individuals. Looking at the way we run our building, how we care for the land for which we are responsible, the support we offer to local charities and businesses who work for a better world, our encouragement of folk to use public transport and to walk or cycle. Are we using local, organic, fair trade products? Is our money in ethical investments? The range of areas to explore is vast and just illustrates that as we repent to God for our misuse of his creation, it's not just a case of, sorry, I drove again. It's about a whole attitude and lifestyle change to truly repent from ways of exploitation and apathy. Thus, the repentance that we preach is also one that we model in our lives. And that, I believe, is a much more compelling form of evangelism than simply shouting to passers-by that they have a need to repent. So too, as we model repentance, our lives are shown to be transformed by the love of God and the love we have for God. This love reaches out into every corner of our lives and slowly we become the people God is calling us to be. And as our lives change, the world changes. And what a world God has in mind. We caught a glimpse of it in today's Isaiah reading. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Here is a vision of peace and justice, one sorely needed in our, at times, very dark world. If that's not good news for folk, then I don't know what is. The kingdom of heaven has come near, John proclaims. This is a now and not yet kingdom. It has begun. We are slowly on our way to that vision in Isaiah. The signs are all around us, but it needs some serious work. And we are all called to seek the signs, to see where God is at work and join in to bring that kingdom now. Our space for all project, I believe, is such a place where the kingdom is forming. We are looking to foster and develop community and togetherness, welcome and inclusivity with our new space in the church building. It will be a place where people can come and have a cup of coffee and meet some new friends. It'll be a place to meet with others, to <coughs> chat about the latest book you've been reading. A place to discover artwork that inspires and moves to hear fabulous music. It will be a place where folk can come and share their gifts and talents. It will be a place where people can come if they're feeling lonely or if they are struggling. A place where people can come to chat about God. But of course, it won't become this place without the workers of the kingdom. We need people's generosity to make this dream a reality, to build the kingdom. We need money, 
but we also need your time, your passion and your presence to make this happen. But as we reflect on this news that Christianity has reached such a significant milestone in its decline in the country, we need not only to evangelise with our changed and transformed lives and with our work for the kingdom, but we also need to know why we do this. We need to be confident in the message of Jesus that we have to proclaim. If someone asks you why you go to church or why you believe in God, would you have an answer? It can feel uncomfortable if we are not used to sharing this. And it can be helpful to have just a few lines in mind of what you would say if someone asks you that question. Very often we do know when we sit down and think about it, but caught off guard, we may well stumble and mumble our way through an answer. And that is a missed opportunity. So I challenge you today to just reflect on what you would say if someone asked you why you go to church, why you believe in God. Because actually, personal testimony is really powerful. It's just what is true for you. And no one can argue with that. And they may well feel moved by it and want to know more. So today, in light of the news that the percentage of Christians in the UK is down, let us not feel disheartened or cynical or angry, but instead let us feel motivated. Motivated to share the love of God with all those who we know and meet. To model God's call to repentance in our lives by turning away from those cultural and structural sins of greed and apathy, negativity and violence, and to allow God to change our lives. Let us all be working towards that kingdom, the kingdom of peace and justice and joy. And when people ask us why we do what we do, let's tell them. Amen.